I'm Marcus Smith, and this is Constant Wonder. This month, with Christmas drawing near, join me on a journey called Advent. Constant Wonder is marking this venerable tradition, a calendar of hopeful anticipation, with daily short episodes, a new Advent experience every day all the way through the 25th. Together with special guests, we're seeking out the wonder and awe felt by so many people during this season of hope, reverence, peace, and goodwill. It's December 2nd, and I'm already smiling about all the forthcoming holiday treats, from cakes and pies to wassail and gingerbread, all helping to make the season bright, as they say. But beyond just holiday cheer induced by these traditional foods— I found a deeper, more spiritual appreciation of the place and the purpose of holiday feasting in conversation with Hannah Anderson. Hannah Anderson is author of Heaven and Nature Sing, 25 Advent Reflections to Bring Joy to the World. She's a Bible teacher, an ardent gardener, and owner of a tuxedo cat named Francis. And it's with Francis that this story begins. I was in my room reading a book And Francis came padding into the bedroom. And he came beside my bed where I was reading, and he meowed. And I looked up, and I saw him, and I acknowledged him, and went back to reading. And he meowed again and got my attention enough to say, oh, something's happening here. So he started to walk out of the bedroom and kind of glanced back at me as if inviting me to follow him. I got up, followed him out. He walked down the hallway to where his food dish is in the kitchen. And at this point, I'm still not entirely sure what's happening. So he started eating, and I just turned and left and went back to my bedroom because I had no idea what this cat was doing. Sat down, started reading again. The next thing I know, I hear a meow. I look up, and Francis is sitting again beside my bed, looking up at me as if to get my attention. And at this point, I'm getting a little confused why he was not in the kitchen eating, because that's where I had left him. I began to have a conversation with him, asking him, what what do you want, Francis? What's going on? And he just meowed again and started walking out the hallway. So I again got up and followed him down the hallway. He again went to his dish and started to eat. I was just as puzzled, so I went back to my bedroom, and I was not there but 30 seconds when, again, Francis was sitting there, but this time he had reached up and he was tapping on my leg with his paw as if to say, please come again. And by this point, I had no idea what he wanted, and I said, Francis, what do you want? And my daughter heard me down the hall, and she said, Mom, he wants you to watch him while he eats. He's scared. And it was true. He was nervous because we had recently introduced our dog, Ben, into the household. And it had thrown off his schedule a bit. And so, unbeknownst to me, he was calling different family members at different points to come stand over him. I have to tell you that practically the same thing happened to me just this very week as you and I are talking. Our cat, Kiki, insisted that I be there as she ate. What's the big deal about cats and Christmas? Because you draw a connection here, and it seems curious. I don't remember cats in the Bible. 
No, there were not cats in the nativity story that we know of, but there was a food dish. There were animals and there was a manger. In our imagination, we immediately think of the manger as something like a bed or a cradle, but it was really a trough. It was a feeding trough. It was the cat's dish, so to speak. And so when we get to the point in the nativity story where the couple have found refuge among the beasts to give birth to the Christ child, he is laid in the manger, that he is put in the feeding trough. As I pondered that and having had this experience with my cat, this relationship between human beings and the animals that have come to depend on us. Because I think one of the things I realized as I reflected on Francis's habit of coming to get us, in the wild, he would not have come up to human beings seeking safety, right? That's something that has happened because he's domesticated and he has learned to trust us. He relies on us to give him food. He also relies on us apparently to keep him safe. And I was thinking about that relationship, especially with domesticated animals, how we owe them something in a way because we have tamed them. And when we think of the nativity story, we have um, the image of the Christ child coming into the world as the creator of the world, placed in a food trough. And I was wondering, what does this say about this kind of responsibility, maybe, that's built into the nativity story, where we see this kind of hint or allusion to the fact that the creator will come and care and will feed the creation itself with himself. And I know that may sound a little fanciful, but we also see in other parts of the scripture um, this kind of promise that, that there is a care being extended to the creatures. There is a kind of provision that's being enacted, whether that provision comes from grazing or from just the abundance of the world that's being offered up to the animal life or whether it's happening in more domesticated ways. There is this promise of provision that's built into the nativity story just by the fact that the baby is placed in a feeding trough. Have you ever felt the sacred nature of being offered or served food? Yes, it's easy to miss, but I think this is one of the reasons that so many faith traditions pray before consuming food. It's this moment of pausing, recognizing the gift, recognizing our dependence, and expressing gratitude. And so it's very easy for it to become rote and just habit, you know, to say a blessing over your meal. But what we're doing in that moment is humbling ourselves to recognize that there was not necessarily a guarantee that this would be placed in front of us and to give back thanks for all the hands, all the people, all the things that had to come together to bring this to our plates. And the sacredness of that moment is that kind of acknowledgement of our dependence. And so 
when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We're really just admitting the position we're in, that we're just like Francis, right? (laughs) We need the provision and we also need the care that's going to watch over us while we indulge in that provision. I actually had a rabbi friend tell me once that I needed to really focus on the food during this season because that's how I would know the significance of what was happening in our holiday celebrations, and it's how my children would know it as well. That something about receiving the food, not just as a gift, but receiving it into ourselves would train us and teach us how to have wonder in this season because it would be something different. But when I think about how we take food into ourselves and the kinds of um, spiritual things that are happening when we eat, it is about provision. It is about sustaining our bodily lives, but it's also about this participation or consumption. And, And this idea runs through a lot of different faith traditions and within the Christian Uh, tradition. It's expressed in ways like Jesus later saying, I am the bread of life, and that that's an invitation to participate and to come into relationship with Him. Or one of the central sacraments within the Christian tradition is the Eucharist or the communion, Lord's Supper. We have different names for it. But it's this invitation to come and to take the bread and the cup to bring these things into ourselves as a way of entering into something larger than us. And so while there's that kind of sacred, mystical wonder around that, it's also what happens when we eat at our tables at a regular basis. There's provision that we are taking into ourselves, but it's also inviting us to participate into this larger world, to come into this larger thing that is happening around us. Thanks for joining us today for Constant Wonder on this second day of our Advent observance. Our guest was Hannah Anderson, author of Heaven and Nature Sing, 25 Advent Reflections to Bring Joy to the World. We'll be hearing from her several more times in this series in coming days. Today's episode was produced by Tenery Taylor with help from Mamie Teeples and Camden Lamb. Sound designed by James Call. Your average nativity scene doesn't have a cat, but a Neapolitan nativity just might. It also likely has a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker. We'll be hearing what this particular Italian take on the traditional scene of the nativity can teach us about Christmas tomorrow on Constant Wonder's Advent. I'm Marcus Smith. Constant Wonder is a production of BYU Radio.